Hello, and welcome to episode 258 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Travis Gibb, creator of Granite State Punk, on Kickstarter now and ending February 17th, 2022. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So, Travis, uh, this is probably your third or fourth uh, appearance on the on the podcast. But for anybody who hasn't heard uh, you on a previous podcast, could you tell us a little bit about yourself as we get started? Uh, yeah, um, I'm Travis Gibb. I start with ums because clearly I'm a professional speaker. Uh, I do uh, Granite State Punk, um, and it's uh, well, I do a lot of books. I do. I've been best known for Broke Down in Forty Bodies. That's a four issue miniseries that I did. Uh, Cthulhu Invades Oz, which is a huge Kickstarter we did. We just wrapped up in December. Um, Holiday Spirits was really good. Raised around 10 grand on that one. Uh, Expired, which I think I was on this show for, and uh, Voodoo Nation. So, uh, yeah, I, I do quite a few books. This is my 12th Orange Cone Kickstarter about my, I think it's my 18th total Kickstarter because I did some with other people. Very nice. And so since you mentioned it, you know, the, the book that's at Kickstarter right now is uh, Granite State. Let's, uh, let's have an elevator pitch for that. And then we'll do the, uh, the deep dive into the process talk here in a second. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Granite State Punk is a, uh, it's kind of a raw, gritty look at like witches, uh, New Hampshire, kind of the state, addiction and punk rock. So it takes a character called Zeke. Zeke is a uh, recovering alcoholic, not by choice. Uh, who is forced to go to meetings because he is uh, on probation and uh, under house arrest. He is living in his dead parents' house. And as he's living there, he realized that he may have had a reason to drink his whole life uh, because his family was a coven of witches that were connected to a uh, New Hampshire artifact called the Old Man in the Mountain. And lots of crazy stuff happened from skull golems to, to evil witches to magical powers, all sorts of stuff with an occasional FU in there. <laughs> so you're originally from the uh the new england area is new hampshire your your state of like uh residence when you were there yeah this is uh this book is actually set in my hometown so i use actual street names actual locations um photo references for all of them yeah so this is uh, very close and near and dear cool uh noah i'll turn it over to you for for a question here real quick yeah, I guess I just uh, going off of it being near and dear to you. I just wanted to like I I kind of really like stories basically that sort of I guess deconstruct sort of like uh, I don't know like I, I like the story of basically like your family wasn't what you thought they were kind of thing. You know right. that 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 sort of idea is so uh, I just feel like that that has never that's never mind enough like just for the deconstruction of like your of the people you put on the pedestal the most that kind of stuff. So I guess I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, was that sort of where the story started or like, what, how did the story get to that place? So uh, this is an interesting, and I love, I love talking deep dive, you know, uh, and I, I definitely, if everybody's a new listener to me, listen to my old stuff. Cause I'll like tell artists, you know, last time we were, I was here, <laughs> I talked about an artist I didn't like, like I, I do deep dive, like, cause I believe that the only people who listen to Matt are people who actually want the deconstruction here. So I, oh, yeah. I, I appreciate being able to candid to hear, you know, and I'm not worried about, uh, you know, worrying about it being on blast because the only people here who were, are actually creators who want to go through that. So, yeah, so this is, this comic was based off of, um, my parents were into drug and alcohol my whole life. Um, mm. At 12 years old, my mom went to AA, hence the AA part of it. 
um, and kind of split my family. So my dad was still using and my mom was in AA. So it kind of gave me this weird uh, culture of, of what it changed. Then I decided to go with my dad and my dad continued to use and um, uh, it just got bad, uh, you know, in my whole life having that both my parents died of drug related stuff. My dad died of an overdose and my mom died because she went the opposite way into AA and didn't take painkillers her whole life, got a, had a back surgery, had to take painkillers and an ulcer blew up in her chest and she didn't know the difference between the drugs she was on because it had been so long had she had any drugs or the ulcer and she held over and died. So it's crazy deconstruction and I'm angry about it. Like in my heart of hearts, I'm angry about my parents dying. I'm angry about, because they both died under like early sixties, you know? So I've got a lot of anger of that. It's all happened relatively new. You know, my dad was two years ago. My mom was four years ago. Uh, so they were all pretty fresh in my mind. So I, I made this character who kind of could talk about that and kind of address that and, and kind of um, kind of decompress some of those issues that I had in a fun, creative way, you know, making them witches instead of, you know, drug addicts, you know. Um, so so that that's kind of where the story kind of progressed from. Um, and doing something, you know, very personal, very dark. Uh, I also liked, you know, I listen to my fans. One of the things I hate about creators, and I'm sure you've had them on the show, right? Where they, they tell you about their Kickstarter and they're like, Matt, let me tell you, I've written 24 issues of this story. I know we're on issue one. I've written 24. Have you heard something like that or 12 oh, yeah. or, or for that? And yeah. I'm not trying to be a dick to those people, but if you do that, you're not listening to your fans. Right, you're not responding to where your fans are at. If you write that far ahead, you're writing your story. You 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 don't want that relationship with the fans, which is not what I want. So this book takes really the best feedback that I had from Broke Down, and that was like your dialogue is spot on. I love the wit. I love I love the mystery. I love that, and then the the concisency of Voodoo Nations because every issue is kind of like a one shot and kind of like tells a quick story and moves on to the next quick story, even though it has the same character. So I kind of put those together and made Granite State Punk. That's really cool. And thank you for sharing that story. Um, that's, uh, no, the, you know, like you said right at the beginning, that's sort of what we appreciate you about you is that you're never afraid to be honest about obviously your opinions and your inspiration. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. The, uh, and I, I kind of, I don't like, I, 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 I could feel this sort of like Stephen King Ask sort of like facing your demons sort of thing with the pitch like I could feel that in there so like it wasn't it, it was it, it seems like this is like you know like you said it's a very personal story and um has it been like has it been cathartic for you to write it or do you think like the the, the full catharsis will be when it's out there in the world and the fans will have it no it was full catharsis to write it because yeah. um I wrote it like have you ever seen SLC Punk no Okay. So SLC Punk is a lot of direct to the camera talking to people and telling stuff. So okay. this book is wordy. If you ever read, if you just read the five pages on the preview, like it's wordy. Like I, yeah. I rant, but I do that to show the anxiety. And if you've ever hung out with a punker, they're, they're just angry at the world and they don't know why. And they're angry at everything that other people like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're just, <laughs> they're just angry and they don't mean to be right. They're decent dudes. They're just angry. Uh, so I really got to let that out because I don't have that in me. Um, actually, I, I, I want to actually tell you even something. All that parent stuff and things that I told you was kind of the second hand of where this story came from. 
look, can I tell you the, the kind of original origin story before it became that? Yeah, For sure. So I was listening to, uh, I listen to talk radio, uh, which is weird, uh, but it's not like political talk radio. It's just like a pop culture talk radio. Um, and this guy told a story and the story was this. He, um, he lived in this house and he went back to that house um, to, to talk to this. Uh, to, uh, he went back to that house because there was a time capsule that he remembered burying in the backyard. So he went back, asked the old lady who lived there and said, hey, can I go to your backyard and dig up a time capsule? Um, and uh, so when he did that, uh, he, he dug and dug and dug, couldn't find it, then finally found this box. He's like, this is not what I remember, but I found something. Goes inside to the woman and says, hey, do you want to look at my time capsule? The woman has a white face on her head and, uh, he op- and she says, that's my husband's urn. Whoa. Right? That's messed up. But you definitely got to write a story about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so that's where the inspiration came from. And then as I build it, you know, I, I added it in New Hampshire to make it a little bit more personal because I was going to kind of go in that direction. That's when I started adding the witches and like the angry at your parents, you know, but I didn't want them angry because they're a drug addict, right? I wanted mm-hmm. them angry, you know, for more of a, a different reason. So of, of, Basically, uh, you know, going to the Carthi- uh, eh, I'm not saying, the Carthias. What word am I trying to say here, Matt? The uh, catharsis. Carthis. Car- yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Carthisic way of like processing all this, you know, going through it. I didn't want my parents. I I was just angry at my parents for the way I was raised. Right. It didn't matter what it was. If they were witches, if they were drug addicts, if they were rich. You're like I was just angry about the way I was raised. When I, you know, when you sit down and process it. I was angry because I felt I, I got a raw, raw deal in life. So that part didn't matter. So I could process that. The other thing about New Hampshire that I really love is that old man in the mountain. So old man in the mountain is a face that is a natural landmark in New Hampshire. And that face fell off. Like it just fell off. And New and this, this is everywhere. It's on every license plate. It's on every, uh, a billboard it's on every liquor store like it's everywhere um and they decided not to replace it so oh, wow. it's just down uh and there's a lot of cool stories in that like what what happens when this face comes down what if it's magical what if this so that you know i started getting to add all that really cool stuff to make it cool sorry we answered for a long time but yes there you go. no it was uh yeah, like, you know lots of cool lots of cool tidbits and and you know you know we we, we heard the sort of your origin story you know we got that cool tidbit that you know you got inspired by the the talk radio piece i guess my question would be you know we we've heard all of this stuff is there other than the 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 old man and and the face um is there any sort of folklore that you know you kind of grew up uh that you're that you're adding to it i've been thinking in the area that you grew up you know uh, you know, New England has such a tie to, to, to witches and witch trials. Was there any sort of like, you know, ghost stories that you were, you were told, like, don't go down that road or anything like that? I mean, sure there was, but Stephen King's grabbed most of them. I mean, cause he's from up there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, man, it was just crazy. Uh, so growing up, I didn't really grab any of that stuff. 
but I did want to talk about New Hampshire and, you know, its field. It has tons of urban legends like everywhere else. Sorry, everyone's messaging me all of a sudden. I'm trying yeah. to close out of uh, Google. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't based on any, any urban legends, but, you know, I've done the Salem Woods Trail several times. You know, I've done a lot of the, I could tell you the story of the Mayflower probably better than you can because, you know, I, I grew up there. I, you, when you, when you live in New England in that era, you, your third or fourth grade trip, they bring you to Plymouth Plantation. And basically what Plymouth Plantation is, it's, uh, it's one, they literally go through some old pilgrim's diary and reenact every day. So the day you go there is that day of that guy's diary. And it's everywhere from the Indians coming to this and that. So that's what they do every single day. So you've done all that. So, I, so all that stuff is, you know, children of the corn type stuff is kind of in your DNA uh, of it. So I'm scrolling through the, the Kickstarter page. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the creative team on this book. Um, the artist yeah. on this, the artist on this book is um, I'm, I'm trying to find it, but I'm sure you, you could give it to us right now real quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Patrick Brumer. Rumeyer, I, I have to ask him how to say his last name. I've never actually asked him. So this um, is a. Is it, isn't he amazing? Time, yeah, is it? The, <laughs> this is the first time you guys have worked together, right? Yeah. Um. So he uh he came and did a piece for me for um Cthulhu Invades uh, Wonderland with his uh what's Chris Jerome and he's just fantastic and uh, you know again this is the place where we deconstruct things right. Mm -hmm had a little bit of money. Um, I got a little bit of inheritance and I wanted to buy the best artist that I could for one book. So I paid top dollar to Patrick to do this because I think he's worth top dollar. I mean, this art is top quality, like, like art. He, he uh, pencils, inks, and colors the whole thing. And he has a unique style. And it's a very modern style, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very something's killing the children. It's a very um, Department of Truth, depending on the issue you get. Uh, <laughs> Automobile or anything from Bolt. Like it feels like all those horror books that are coming out right now. It's very like right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so do you see a little Jeff Lemire uh, in it at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you not? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Lemire is like his, his top dude. Yeah, the, I'm just looking at the interior pages and, and that, uh, that uh, jumped out to me. Uh, and then I'm also seeing a number of uh, covers. Um, are, are, is he the artist on all the covers as well? No. So he did the first cover. He did the cover A. That's so uh, the cover A is a, uh, you know, uh, our guy Zeke. He's at a skeleton like a mosh pit. Mm -hmm. um, Brian DeMarster is the second one. So I did a neat thing that I've never done before. I actually did a call for an artist over at Twitter. I never do that. I've, I've never called out for Twitter. I tend to stick to Facebook because that's where my crew is. Uh, but I found this great artist and he does punk stuff. He loves, he loves Buffy. So I got to do the live free or die. And, and that's a beautiful cover. I love that. Yeah. Like just punk rock cover. Um, and then the last one is Eamon Hill. Uh, he does these cool little dark, uh, like, like faux painting things like that he did with the, the monster. So he did the, the cover C. And then the last one, which is a metal cover is back to Patrick. He did the, the metal cover, the, the punk rock man in the mountain. Awesome. So Noah, uh, as the artist here, do you, uh, do you, do you have a question for the, the two writers that uh, could possibly try to answer? Well, yeah, I guess I just wanted to, you know, the, the, on the second page of the preview, you have like a, 
you know, you have like a countdown, like a one, two, three, like that, yeah. that idea. Like, are, are you like, I can feel this sort of like um, a musicality to the panels. Like you said, like you were talking about earlier, like, you know, punks getting angry and like talking right into the camera and stuff like that. But also are you sort of infusing it with like a more like intense rhythm into the pages is that like is that like your your emotions are they affecting the rhythm of the book do you feel yeah yeah this this book is high octane so um i'm ranting and i'm angry from day one so this is actually believe it or not uh we start here on page i think it's page three where where the preview starts you know i skipped a couple pages Mm -hmm. uh you know the dragon at the bottom there we're talking about game of thrones so we're doing pulp culture references in the first couple of pages i i do a reference to uh, the musical Hamilton because he lives on Lafayette Street. So I, I do, you know, very modern references. But he also he breaks the third wall and talks to the camera and and tells you how he's feeling and how he's angry. You know, uh, he's definitely an active narrator in it, and he jumps between in person and out uh, out as it as it goes, which is a fun way to do it. It's a fun way to to tell these stories, you know. Um, so because it gives it. It give you can feel his frustration as you go through it, because uh, most stories, you know, the narrator is just kind of guiding you along. He's not really guiding you; he's just ranting about his world, like and how angry he is about it, and you're seeing it as it plays out. His frustrations. So, with this being the the first project that you worked with with Patrick, what was the uh, the work process? Um, were you seeing thumbnails, pencils, inks um, along the way? And maybe did it evolve after some time where you're like, all right, dude, we're, we're sort of in a groove here. And, you know, I, I don't need to see every, uh, you know, step of the, the page creation. How did that work? Uh, I think if you remember correctly, I told you I paid a lot for these. So I wanted to see every aspect <laughs> of, uh, of this thing. Uh, but to be honest, I didn't have a lot of changes. Uh-huh. The few changes that I recommended he actually talked me out of him because he actually thinks. So one of the things I did on this book that I've never done before is uh, you've read, uh, I know at least Matt has, you've read all my stuff for the, for most of, right. You've read broke down. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know about, you know, I don't know what you've read and what you haven't. Uh, Let's just, I've read all of it too. Just for, okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But is it a lie? Um, We'll never know. I'll never Uh, tell. (laughs) Well, one of the things, so I'm really good at, you know, keeping a mystery, you know, and in, in, um, in broke down, there's a mystery that runs through it. You know, I'm very good at telling scenes and making it fit in a bubble, like broke down, like Voodoo Nations one. But what I've never done before, which I did in this, is add things to tell like a separate story for artists. So for like a Noah. So if you notice on his neck, he's got a tattoo. Um, you know, if you go to that second cover, it's probably the clearest way to see it. He's got a tattoo that's a, a heart on one side and a skull on the other side. And that's a very punk rock, you know, New Hampshire slogan is live for your die. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, if you, if you cut your neck, you die. If you cut your neck the other way, it's the only way to truly live is to die. You know, punk rock bullshit. <laughs> um, but in the story, when good things are happening to him, you'll see the heart because he'll be, he'll be positioned that way. When bad things happen, you see the skull. Cool. And when he takes positions of his life, it'll go, it, he'll go things. And that was so cool to tell as a storyteller part that nobody gets if I don't explain it, except for like an artist who's trained in that. Uh, and I thought that that was really cool and added a very cool vibe. I'm actually uh, in the chat and sorry for people who are listening to the podcast, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and send Noah the, the whole book. Cause I think uh, you'll look at it and that. So you guys can oh, thank you. Out. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Um, so going back to Patrick's art, um, is it uh, traditional art or is it uh, digital? So he does traditional um, mm -hmm. and then uh, does colors digital. Nice. So for all of that money you paid, are you you're going to get some uh, yeah. paper that you can frame and put up on your wall, right? Yeah, I get five pages. Uh, nice. I was expecting to, to use them for the campaign. Um, but, uh, you know, we've done really well. So I'm going to keep those for a little bit. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, this campaign's a little different because you may have noticed, uh, you know, this is kind of some back talk too. Um, there's no retail tiers. So every Orange Cone campaign has big retail tiers that sell really well. I sell about between five and 10 retail tiers. Every campaign I do, there's zero on this. And the reason this is built to pitch, I, I don't want any stores having it. Uh, beforehand because I really want to pitch this to a publisher because I, I, I really believe this is my best thing. If you, like it's my best paid art. It's my best everything. Like if you don't like this, you just don't like me as a writer and that's fine. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, this is, uh, I put my heart and soul into this and, and you guys can feel it too. Like my excitement for this project, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, not that I'm excited about, not excited about other ones, but this is the shit. Like this is a good book. This is the book that I would have loved to read, you know, uh, as a kid. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm looking at the team and, and Patrick is, is a new, you know, team member, but I'm looking at the letterers and uh, the editor and that's somebody that you've worked with uh, quite in the past. And I, the editor is probably uh, in your, in your house with you right now. So um, do you want to talk yeah, a little bit? Yeah, we did a baby once. <laughs> do you want to talk about, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Jerome's work uh, on the book? Yeah. Um, you know, Jerome is my letterer. You know, he does everything Orange Cone. So if you've ever bought anything Orange Cone, he's my dude. Uh, and I love working with him. Uh, he, he's, you know, if I had money to pay him, I would probably pay him for you know, his work because he's, he's such a killer dude uh, when it comes to all these things. And I'm so proud to be able to work with him in all these campaigns. Um, so, yeah, and he's done some really cool stuff, too, you know, in this book that I've, he's never done before. These, like that every freaking day is the same. That, that's some really cool punk stuff, you know, being able to really shine, you know, most of my stuff is kind of basic. So he's going to be able to do a little bit of um, art through it. So, which is really cool. And my wife, this, this story, when I wrote it, um, there's a, there's a couple stories I like to tell about my wife when it comes to editing this one, I verbal diarrhea, I wrote more than Patrick could draw. And when I came Patrick's pages, I was like, dude, I don't want to cover up any of that art. It's freaking beautiful. So I had to like pull back a lot of my scripts. So my wife has been doing the hard edits because it's, they're my baby, right? I like every line. Mm -hmm. So cutting those down has been really hard. So she's, she had her work cut out for her. The other thing that I love to tell about my wife, I've, she's edited broke down and then she edits. Uh, she's the second editor. She's the editor chief in Orange Cone. She edits everything a little bit. But when we did the, the lore, the story that I created for the Man in the Mountain, why it exists and why it's there, it's all connected to the Salem Witch Trials. Um, she wanted, she asked kind of a similar question to you. Oh, you know, can I get the folklore where that came from? Because I really want to compare it to, to what you did. And I was like, no, I wrote it. Like, <laughs> you, you never question if I did voodoo or like, no, there's no, there's no lore. I just wrote it. I made it up. Uh, which is also, I think, a good thing, right? Like, it, it's so good. My wife, who who loves my writing, was like, did you really write this? Let's check. 
<laughs> Just stepping back to, to Jerome um, yeah. and doing his letters, you know, you, you mentioned that he does everything Orange Cone. Um, has that process, you know, so many books, so many pages, so many panels lettered that you two uh, have worked on, um, has the process sort of changed uh, over time? You know, early on, if maybe you were a little bit more uh, heavy handed and now you're like, this is my guy. He, he knows what he's doing. You know, um, if he comes with a, you know, a change or, or something here, how, how's that worked out over time? Um, uh, we have a really good partnership. He's, he knows what I like and what I don't like, which is, which is cool. Uh, he's always coming with new ideas. Um, in fact, that's the worst part about our part, our friendship slash partnership is he has so many ideas. So he's like, uh, for instance, one for this campaign, let's do a skateboard. We need to do a skateboard. I think a skateboard <laughs> would be a really cool thing. And I'm like, that's really expensive and it's really hard to ship. So for me, I'm like, my instinct is no. But through the years, he's had so many ideas and I always say no, that I'm going to put a skateboard in this campaign because he deserves a win. You know, it's a good idea. I just don't want to do the extra work, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we have that relationship. And then for letters, I kind of let him do his thing. Um, you know, I'll make some recommendations like uh, the bad the bad woman in this. I had her have a certain uh, bubble. So I want her to have a certain bubble. So we did that. But I mean, I trust Jerome so much. You know, I wasn't, I didn't come on your show during it, but Holiday Spirits is her, his book. He created it and I just kind of put it under my label. Okay. I fulfilled the campaign. I did the whole thing for him because, you know, he, he's that close to us he's not just the guy i pay for letters he's sure. he's part of my, our team yeah, i remember you saying that the last time you were on that that was that was something new for you to do was the holiday spirits um uh maybe you said that on the podcast or maybe off mic but that was a new thing for you right yeah yeah in fact actually let's go we love these deep dives let's go deep dives you ready yeah, yeah totally. um so one of the things that was very frustrating about me uh, about this whole thing is um, I did expired. So I was here for expired. And as you know, somebody else created that and I wrote it, uh, but I did all the campaigns. I did all the marketing, all the fun. And I, I love it. I love expired. I can't wait for issue two, all the things that are great about that. But as you know, we, and I shared, I didn't like the artists, all this holiday spirits. Again, Jerome picked all the people who were in it. All I did was build a framework that worked and wrote a story to put that all together. So one of the things that Orange Cone does uh, when we do anthologies, um, I want to make sure they're one story. So, and I have a knack of being able to do that, that a lot of, I don't think a lot of writers do. Um, so I can take other people's story and, and turn it into a one narrative. And the reason why I can do that is I used to do live action role-playing and I used to storytell. And I'm not talking like for like a few people, I did it for hundreds of people. So my job was all these people had their characters and I had to make their story kind of fit my story that I was doing. So I, I've always been really good at doing that and I have a great knack for that. So when we do an Orange Cone book, it puts it together. So I had both those books that were Orange Cone, but not Travis fully, you know, my ideas and everything. Mm -hmm. And then one of our plan, our first plan was to launch Cthulhu Invades Wonderland beginning of the year. So this book was getting pushed back and back. And this book has been done since September. My wife like looked at me and said, you're starting to get depressed because you're not, you're not putting your stuff in the world. You're putting a lot of other dreams out there for people. And yeah, you writing for other people is one of your dreams, but 
you need to get that. You need to get your energy up. You need to get your stuff up because she felt I was waning with my energy level on, on the creative process. Um, and that, you know, you have, everyone has behind the scenes little things that are going on. So my wife really encouraged me to get this out there and get this. Cause I was just going to give this to the publisher and let them see where the chips, see where, what happened, you know, if it did well, great. If it didn't, you know, whatever it was, it happens. But uh, my wife really encouraged me to do this. And with the paper shortage, it made it an easy thing because getting 24 pages for a book versus, you know, a 200 page graphic novel is, is a lot, lot more to ask. And I'm going to be printing more of the graphic novel than I am of the individual issue. So, um, you know, I think I know the answer to this question. And this is, a, this is a, my standard question for people who are running a Kickstarter that are on the podcast at the time of the, you know, the campaign. Um, and you're probably in a different uh, state now, but are you a check every 30 seconds uh, counts and, you know, backer counts and stuff like that? Or are you, you know, go take the dog for a walk and come back and check it uh, where you're at? I think you always check it. You mm -hmm. just don't. The only difference between doing it as long as I have is you don't check it in the middle of the night, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't wake up in the middle of the night uh, to refresh and then go back to sleep. You know, that's the only difference I think is I still check it all the time. I mean, and I, this funded in 12 hours. Um, this is looking like it's going to be my best campaign. That's not a graphic novel. I mean, we're already at almost $6,000 and we're, you know, we're not even a weekend week. The week starts tomorrow. So, I mean, we're killing it. We're doing really, really well. I think this is going to be my first 10 on a single issue. And I think it deserves it. I think this, this quality of this art and the quality of everything, like it, I think it deserves it. Uh, but it's, it's mind blowing in the support that I'm getting and the love that I'm getting. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited because I am, uh, this is the book this is the one, like if I wrote, you know, you have that first story that I don't know about you, but the first story I wrote, this is the story that needs to get out of my head. If I just get one, this is the one I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then you write that and you're like, wow, I wanted that one for so long. It's not as good as I want it to be. I can do better. Mm -hmm. Right. So you do another one and then you're like, okay, well now I'm taking it a little easy. And this is me going back to taking risks and telling stuff and telling the narrative like stuff. So when I wrote, Broke down, I mean, I broke, broke down and I started writing that script in like 2013, right? So that script's been around forever, maybe even sooner than maybe in like 2007. Yeah, no, 2007. I'm looking at the folder right now. 2007. You know, so it, it's it got a younger me and a younger vibe. It's still me, but it's got a younger vibe. And then you look at Voodoo Nations and Voodoo Nations is, it's, it's, it's a great story, but it's still, I'm, it's a collaboration with me and Luke when we were putting it together. So like I, you give and take where this is, I'm going to pay someone to do this. I'm going to pay them top dollar and I'm going to make this book the way I effing want to, right? Like, like this is it. And this is my one shot. I'm never going to have this kind of money, you know, but I, I probably will, but I'm never going to have this money right there. Like, let's do this. And this is the book that I produced and I'm so proud of it. And this book, you know, when you guys get a chance of it, it could have been a four issue mini. I could have stretched it out, but I made it just one friggin' Balls to the wall, awesome book instead. That's awesome. Uh, so what do you think, or do you have any thoughts on why, obviously beyond the, the aspect of, you know, the really cool story, the really cool artwork, do you have any ideas on why that this is tracking to be so successful? Um, I think it's a few things. I think one, it's, it's my energy. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think people can feel my energy, you know, uh, especially who've seen me do things, you know, they've done, a, I think uh, punk is always a very good uh, mu- uh, subgenre, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think punk's a subgenre. I think it's a subgenre that doesn't get hit very often. Um, this is not going to come as a surprise, but my New Hampshire backers, which I do have a few of them because I used to be from there. And these aren't my, just, just so we clear. I think I have like two friends who back me in New Hampshire, like two actual, like I know their phone number friends. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are people I, I know in New Hampshire, but they're just either acquaintances or fans that, that started supporting me all over the state. Like all of them have bought the high level tier because they, nice. you know, that's a story set in their area. So mm-hmm. I think that actually has a, um, a merit that I knew I could tap into, but I never have. You know, that you could tap into like, hey, man, like whoever talks about New Hampshire, let's do that. I think that that has has a merit that uh, is useful and uh, is something that I've never done before. Um, and I, I just think Patrick's art is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like, I know that you you told me that, like, besides that. But no, I think that that's a big thing. I think I think I have a very good reputation of being a, a, a writer. You know, my fan base grows every time. This is an ego thing. It's just it's 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 growing it's on a steady increase you know i think uh if you were to ask me i probably am good i have about 250 fans like 250 backers between the kickstarter and stuff that that will follow me and buy anything i produce and i think that you know other people know that i have a fan base and then when they see something with the right art and the right kind of story they're like all right i'm gonna give them i'm gonna give them a try this time i haven't Mm -hmm. in the past but this is the time that i'm gonna give them that pass yeah, so you probably see like a steady stream of of names when you launch, and you're like, yeah, there's somebody that's been with me since broke down. You know, you you might see my name come in there, and you're like, yeah, yeah this is a guy that that's been here. And then you might see a name that's like, oh, that's not too familiar. And then you sort of track and maybe try to figure out how that person came into the campaign. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I use Backerkit, and so like, I'm at ten percent of my campaigns that it's uh, have returned. To this to this campaign so it's about, okay. it says it's about 10 percent, but you have to factor in my numbers are skewed compared to a normal person's because of cthulhu invades oz uh and stuff like holiday experience those anthologies bring in a lot of other people's fans mm-hmm. uh and when you're talking about cthulhu and oz they're bringing cthulhu and oz fans that they're not a fan of my work at all they care about cthulhu and oz they don't care who wrote it right mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, like they don't they, my name is a Orange Cone and Travis Gibb are irrelevant to that. It's mm-hmm. it's what it is. And they will buy again when I have Cthulhu and, <laughs> and something together, you know, Wonderland. So I'm at 10%, you know, uh, and I think I'll end up, actually, let's kind of, let's go to the end Let's look at expired and see where I ended up expired. I think that's a, that's a good one. No. Uh, so while you're, you know, you're looking up those, those numbers, um, and I think we probably know the answer to this question um, based on what we know of you and what we, we've heard in this interview, but um, the art for this book is, is done, correct? Um, you know, you, you yeah. still operate on your same policy that uh, um, you want the book because, you know, I'll have to credit you as somebody who has been late on Kickstarters uh, delivering you, you know, campaigns close and a month, two months later, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a Gemini mailer, um, you know, at my door. So, you know, that's still going to be the policy here, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't mess around with that stuff at all. Like that's that's very important to me. Um, uh, so uh, just to, to answer, fourteen uh, percent uh, is a return. Sixty-one percent was was returning backers. One hundred and fifty. Sixty-one uh, percent of the campaign. One hundred and fifty-three of the backers of the two fifteen was returning backers. So you're about a, uh, you know, if you have two hundred. Uh, true fans you're about a quarter of a way what is the saying that you always need like a thousand uh you need a true thousand fans yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you're exactly. you're a quarter of the way there nice. yeah and i know when i say that 250 i know that i have fans outside of kickstarter you know when i do signings and stuff like that you know 10 at this shop you know 15 at this shop that's where my other fans come from and then my cons and stuff like that yeah so that's where that stuff. so yeah i'm a quarter of the way there <laughs> So and one by the thing, way, that's to make a living. It doesn't say whether or not it's a good living. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you about is, is uh, you know, prior to the uh, to the the recording today, I went to your to your social media to to grab an image to to share. Um, and it seems like you have you recently taken your email newsletter to to Substack. Is is that correct? Yeah, I joined. I joined the Substack um, cult uh, <laughs> gang. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I joined. I joined Substack. Um, it's um, it's interesting. So uh, my emails are being opened more than ever, which is great. Um, I like the platform. I like it. Doesn't have all the bells and whistles, which is a little upsetting, you know, that I normally have. But it's good, and I've got a paid service too. So I'm doing a paid. Substack, and um, is it okay that I talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you know, uh, just to, to just to be completely obviously or obvious here, I'm I'm picking your mind. You know, it's something that maybe uh, I could use as a tool for myself in the future. So sure, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to. Um, I realized that I am a, I'm in a unique spot. You know, because I am not with a publisher. Um, though uh, publishers, you know, know my name and, you know, I talk to them. In fact, I've tabled at them uh, and without being, a, you know, a member of them because I'm, I'm friends with them. And I'm really good at the Kickstarter community. So that would be my publisher. So I wanted to make a book, you know, with my fans and see what we could come up with. So what my Substack does, so it's $5 a month. And what you get for that $5 a month is you get to be part of a group where I'm going to pitch my four ideas for my stories that I, for the next series that I want to run. Um, so I, I tend to, you know, this is my rule of thumb. When I'm at the third issue of a book, I tend to start the next series. You okay. know, I try, you know, or, or this the one right before the last, so I tend to start the new series because I always want two series running at the same time. And then I'll do one shots like Grand Fleet Punk or, or some of my other stuff. Um, but uh, so you're going to be able to vote on that. And then we're going to go through the process. So every month I'm going to hit my them fans. I'm going to show them artists that I can uh, afford and be like, hey, who do you guys want to do? We're going to vote on it together. And we're going to, you know, we're going to take apart the script. We're going to go through that whole process, even to the point of when the book's done, do we kickstart it or do we pitch it around to publishers or whatever the case would be? So you got, they're kind of producers and they get to be part of the whole process of walking that with me. They also, every Kickstarter I do, so I have a Kickstarter, I have one, two, uh, one, two, three, four, five Kickstarters planned for this year. Um, I actually have 
seven, but a five orange cone Kickstarters. Okay. Um, and each of those Kickstarters, if you are a uh, either a yearly subscriber or member or full on, if you back my Kickstarter, you get absolutely free another cone. So I think you grab the image from the Substack, mm-hmm. which is uh, that's the Substack cover from Eric Cockrell. So that's only going to be for my Substack people. So I may end up printing like like right now I have I think three. So I'll have three Substack people. But here's the other thing that I did that get it for free. I also at, made it on my campaign as an add-on, but I don't reveal that cover in the campaign. I reveal it to my email list and to my Substack and and to my um. Uh, you know, I, I put it on Facebook today to kind of talk about it. You know, okay. I don't, it, it's not going to show up on the campaign as even an update of what that cover looks like. Okay. I, I have a question about Substack because I don't really understand it too much. Me What's neither. the difference between something like Substack and like Patreon? Um, Patreon is better. Oh, okay. um, and I say that like when I, I thought there wasn't a difference either. So my options on Substack is monthly, yearly, lifetime. That's it. I can't have different pledge levels for everybody because I want to have different tiers for all of your people and do different prices. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. That's what a Patreon does. So Patreon, you can have the tiers be whatever you want and give whatever you want and do whatever you want. So you have that flexibility where basically for the newsletter is there's paid, and there's different versions of paid. You know, you pay for the year or you pay for your whole life. You know, that's it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for explaining it to me. Because I, I I heard like a bunch of creators joining Substack, like Chip Zdarsky. And I think like Danny, uh, Donnie Cates and stuff like that had joined Substack and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the negative, there's a lot of negative in Substack that we still got to figure out. Like, I can't get your address through Substack, like your, oh, your mailing okay. address, unless you gave it to me. Okay. So I can't just like mail you something and set that up and put it in the system. So, you know, that it, that's kind of why I need you to back the Kickstarter to get that free book. Cause that's a way for me to get you your address. Right. Okay. So there's, there's little like problems like that. I think they're working on that now that they have comic people because I'm backing Donnie Cates and, you know, I'm going to have access to those covers like our Substacks, we get, you know, you get exclusive coverage from, from Donnie Cates. Um, you know, you get that. But every Substack's different. So Donnie Cates, they give a lot of free covers and they do, you know, some little podcasts and stuff like that, where if you go to, um, what's his name? Scott Snyder, it's all training on how to be a better writer. So that's what it is. Oh, that's Jonathan, what that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that's where you learn how to be a better writer. He does class once a month and he goes through that. And then if you go to, um, I think Jonathan Hickman's, you create a universe with him and you get opinions on that. Uh, Chip Sadowski's, I think, I think he does deep dives with creators. So I, I saw one that I think was for his sub stack. I don't know how I got into it, but I, but I saw it because I don't pay for a sub stack. But it was a deep dive and he had several daredevil creators on so we had like him and like ed brubacker and um uh charles soul you know and uh you know he had some comments from bendis you know like like that he wrote up so and he did a deep dive which was, was super interesting that is cool awesome so let's uh let's turn back uh to to granite state um you know we discussed how well the the campaign is doing um 
have you gotten to any of the the stretch goal territory? Is there anything that's sort of on the horizon that might be be hit soon? What's what's the the status of all that kind of th- all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's a, those are excellent questions. Uh, yeah, so we've uh, we've had the backer goal. So we've unlocked uh, every 50, 50 uh, backers, you get a book, uh, a digital book. So we've unlocked four of those. So we've got Cinder, This Land, LCD, MC, uh, and the Collective. Uh, stretch goals. We have an art print for my fictional band called the Yankee Swappers. That's my fictional punk band. Nice. Uh, which has a really cool logo if you haven't checked it out. Like it's got a it's a skeleton with a gift. Uh, with a British flag behind it. It's, it's very, very punk, very metal. Um, at 5,000, I gave four additional pages um, to the story. Uh, well, not to the story, to the book. Uh, it's going to be some behind the scenes stuff. And then I'm going to add one page of, of new content. Um, and the next one that I'm doing that I have not announced yet, because I, 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 I keep bouncing back and forth between guitar picks or, um, or patches. What do you guys think? Oh, tough. Patches are making a huge resurgence this year. Right? right? Um, uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about getting jackets, like Letterman jackets and and patches. So I'd go patches. Um, And also, I'm just a big sucker for as big as the art that you can get, you know, and... uh, you right, you're not gonna go cheap. You're not gonna have a little little if you're gonna go patch, yeah. you're gonna have a big patch, right? Yeah, so. like you also don't have to put a patch on a jacket. Like I've I've got patches and I just keep them in a display case. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would vote for um I would vote for patches as well. Um I could I could see me losing the guitar pick very easily and and, yeah. and not knowing where it is. Uh no, no, will probably chuckle at this, but I uh, one time at an Afghan Wigs concert, I got a, a guitar pick, and uh, I have no idea where that is now. See, that's my thing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, if we got a guitar pick, we'd have more storage space. Like, it wouldn't take up too much space. But at the same time, I'm on Matt's page. I'm like, well, I'll just lose that. Like, it would go into a junk drawer real fast. Well, and, like, you, never you, come out. Though this uh, this podcast airs later. You heard it here first if you were somehow listening to this conversation. We'll go patch. I'll announce it right after we get off because I've been nice. double looking on that. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. You guys, you, guys admit, you guys can thank this podcast, Instructing Comics. Uh, nice. Nice. Awesome. So I feel like we've done a really good job of discussing, um, you know, Granite State and, and where we are. Um, but I'll check with Noah before I, because I want to sort of have a state of Orange Cone, um, you know, state of the union on all things uh, Orange Cone. But uh, sure. Noto, do you have any any last thoughts, any last questions on on Granite State? No, I'm ready for the I'm ready for the uh, yeah the, uh, the the press briefing on what's to come. Cool. So you know, uh, we saw you uh, kind of glance up. I assume maybe you have a a dry erase board or something in that studio when you were you're saying the the number of Kickstarters that you're going to uh, be involved yeah. in this year. Do you want to, you know, there's probably some things that you don't want to give away, but is there anything that you can, you can let us know that's uh, coming down the, coming down the road? Uh, yeah. Uh, in like two weeks, there'll be another Kickstarter live. Um, I know you're confused. I can run two Kickstarters at the same time. You can't. Um, but I, I run a comic with uh, a little comic store called uh, the collective. Okay. The Orange Cone puts that together. Um, and we did one last year, and this is the 2022 version. 
Uh, it's very similar to the Advocator, if you remember that map. Yes, I do. Um, so it's very similar. So we have five stories in it. So we have 47 Furious Tales. My wife's first book, um, which is called uh, Pop Van Winkle, nice. uh, which we'll talk about a little bit. So that's going to be in there. Um, that's with our, some Martha Swartz uh, from Seed Seekers. Uh, she's doing the art. Uh, Cosmic Legacy, which is a, a, a book by the, a creator named Joe Quinn, who funded earlier this year. C.B. Lane, uh, who does a uh, book called uh, Baron, which is like a voodoo superhero story. And nice, then nice. Nathan Chu and uh, C.R. Florence is doing a uh, pirate book called Black Sam. Um, so that that book is going to be live. It's going to be, uh, you know, kind of a, a little like taste of all those books. So you get a small story from each of them, which is pretty cool. Orange Cone is the back component of that. Basically, our company is putting it together and and helping them sell it, you know, in partnership with that that company. Uh, in March, uh, we have a book that Matthew is part of, uh, and that is uh, Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Awesome. I'm Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and I have uh, a small part as well. I edited it. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. He helped me. He helped me with my story whenever I was running up against sort of a uh, a plot point or anything like that. So yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, that's exciting. Well, at um, least I spell checked it. That's for sure. But well, yeah. no. Why don't you do with me a quick pinup? Why don't we get yeah. you in there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got I got nothing going on. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No, Damn, that's awesome. Right. We'll, we'll have to get your mom. No, your mom. Oh my god! My mom? Late. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. It's didn't you it's hear Monday. the story of what happened to my mom? Come on now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant to say it would be great to have your wife on to talk about her first time writing a comic book after working with you on the editor's end of things. Um, ah, okay. yeah. Well, well, I I would actually love my wife to be on this podcast. So we'll make her have that because. She is yeah. on our list here. She'll she'll be on our list coming up. So nice. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to Cthulhu, and we'll be back. That's we'll bring the big crew like we've we've talked about, Matt. So we'll bring the big crew for the Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. So we'll have some some cool people, and we have a lot of pros in this one. So we have, you know, uh, well semi pros like big names for us like Stan Yak and yeah, Marlene, Chris Mad. Like there's a lot of oh, really wow. higher profile people doing some some art in in this book, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so right after, after Cthulhu Vades Wonderland, uh, we're going to do in May Voodoo Nation 3. So, uh, I'm on the last two pages right now of art, which is very, very cool. Yeah. So uh, we'll get that wrapped up and that, that'll launch. Uh, then in June, we're going to come back for the Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies trade. Um, the reason why I've lived so long is I've actually added 20 pages to that trade. So we have, uh, some of the best of indie doing some stuff, uh, Chuck Pino's doing a story. Jonathan Hendricks from uh, The Recounts doing a story. Nice. Um, uh, and a few other surprises. So that's going to be uh, our, our June Kickstarter. In July, we're doing a Pup Van Winkle, uh, which is my wife's comic. Very cool. So that's our first comic. She's going to be uh, launching in July. In October, there is a comic coming out. How's that for an answer? Uh, a comic. Nice. I, 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 we got to have at least one tease there, right? Yeah. There is a comic coming out. If you're on the sub stack, you'll probably know about that comic. But if you don't, <laughs> jo if you don't join the sub stack. You're uh, sub stack baiting us. Yes. That's horrible. <laughs> That's how the pros do it. I've heard, I've heard their interviews. Uh, <laughs> um, also, going back to July, we're going to do a... Um, uh, one of the things we started doing is during the big heavy con season, we actually do a, 
a con comic and we're going to do Christmas in July. So we're going to do a holiday spirits one shot. And then in November, we're going to launch holiday spirits too, the sequel nice. to the, the last one. So Jerome's doing another one this year. Wow. That's, you know, just, just you saying that, and, you know, we're able to see you sort of glance up at that, that dry erase board that's there in your, in your, in, you know, your office or your studio. It seems like to run so many of those things, you have to be fairly, organized you know you, you're in various states of production on different things you know this this book is crowdfunding right now it's it's done it's it's ready to go you mentioned voodoo has got like two to three pages to go um could you sort of give us uh maybe a little insight into how you organize all of these projects going on at the you know not at the same time but sort of in a, like almost an assembly line uh, yeah, no, it's, it's super hard. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not great at it. You know, okay. there's things like, like the broke down. Um, I am behind on some of the stuff, you know, to get that, you know, that's, that's kind of why it's posted. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm always working on stuff. Like I said, uh, when I, when I finish an issue, I'm trying to work on something else. And I always have something new on the pipeline that I'm not talking about to the public. Sure. Uh, Cause I, I think you need to always be creative. Like I'm at this point where I want it to be a career. Um, so what I tend to do is I, I have personal projects, which are the stuff. And one of the things I do that helps streamline stuff, and it's only because I have my wife, I like to surprise my wife. So I don't let her edit my scripts. Okay. Which is kind of crazy. Um, though uh, I just joined a group with uh, Matt, actually happens to be part of it too, where we're going to be starting to edit and review people's scripts, which I think is really fun. It's a, it's a, it's a new little group that we joined. Sorry if I blew that spot for you, Matt. No, I'm really excited about that. Um, so, so people are going to be able to view it. But uh, so my wife, she doesn't see it till Jerome letters it. And then she edits it from there. Okay. And the reason why I do that is not to, to get her out of the process because she's actually really good. Everybody talks about it. But I really want that adventure with my wife. And I'm willing to lose the money if I have to redo a page. Okay. Like, I'm willing to do that. Um, uh, though the... There is exceptions, right? Like the Grand State Punk, I read her that because I was so excited. Like I was like, hey, sit down. I want to read this. This, this needs to be a, an audio adventure. Let's, let's go. <laughs> go ahead. Nice. Um, so uh, I'm always doing that. Uh, and that helps me streamline so I can go a little faster because I don't have to wait for editor's notes and write another draft and another draft and another draft. Um, and because Jerome and I have such a good relationship, I, the, the first lettering pass is a draft. Okay. So I, I, I do a draft through that because I want to see how it looks on the page and then I do another one. Mm -hmm. And I know that's probably not the best way to do it. And I know if I like level up, like Marvel's not going to put up with that shit. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I may have to get over that, uh, that, that process, but that, that is what I do. Um, and then when I'm doing the Cthulhu's, like Cthulhu invades Wonderland. And then if Cthulhu invades Wonderland, we're going to have to start Cthulhu invades, um, um, Neverland, which I haven't started at all. Uh, you know, I, once I set up my teams, I just check in and set up the deadline. Same thing with Tales of the Collective. I just make sure that everybody hits their deadlines. Okay. Uh, you know, so I jump in and make sure they hit deadlines and hold people accountable. So that's more just managing than, than being part of the process. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think for um, Cthulhu Invades, I think most of the uh, most of the sort of day-to-day -day interaction, if I had a question, it went to sort of like Jerome. And then right. it was like, you know, 
we'd be like 10 days away from a deadline and there would be a message from you like, Hey, how's everybody doing? Are we, are we on track like that? So it seems like that's your sort of go-to there with those, those bigger projects, right? Yeah, it's tough, right? So um, my wife would like me to be, because uh, you're, you're in Russell's, correct? You're in Russell's second one? Yes, correct. Yeah. You know, he's, he's very hard. Like he's like, I'll <laughs> throw you out. Like if you don't hit deadlines, you're, you're gone. I'm not like that. Um, and my wife wishes that kind of, kind of was, but what I am is I, uh, that, that gives me a time. If someone's going behind, I can have a personal one-on-one conversation with them, you know? So I kind of handle them in the back end. Um, and I, I saw it's a little bit more intimate and doing stuff. And sometimes that messes you up. Like, you know, uh, you know, we talk about the dirt here. There was a creator who was working with a pro who was the first person I signed and I'm still getting pages. Like I'm going to get the last page this week. And that's unacceptable. Everybody else has been done for months. And yeah. like, I should have launched, like he wouldn't have made deadline. Um, so, and, and that's things that I got to learn too. Like I trust them. And then I, I give slack to pros because I know pros can whip it out when they, when it's time, but you know, he had more than enough time. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just sort of, you know, while we're being open and, and honest, um, I I got a uh, I got a Facebook message about the the second uh, Cthulhu is hard to spell where my uh, my my files weren't right and it was like, you know, not not worded as nicely as maybe it would have been if it right. came from you. And I'm I'm in a sure. full on I'm in a, like a full on all panic and I'm like Noah, what is he talking about? Noah's like, don't worry, I'm gonna I'll I'll fix these pages and I'll, I'll put it in Dropbox. So like yeah, I I I know. I've experienced both sides of the, uh, you know, the, the managing editor or, you know, controlling editor on a, on an anthology. There's, there's two sort of ways to go about it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, let's go to Cthulhu Vades Neverland. My next one, I I think I'm going to go back to handpicking people. Um, and not because I don't like the process of people submitting and that stuff, but there's so few characters in Neverland, I'm going to sure. disappoint people. So yeah. I think I'm going to handpick, you know, like five people, what characters do you want? And they're going to be at an upper onslaught and I'm going to rush production. I'm going to do it in like six months instead of a year. Um, but I'm going to, they're going to be bigger people, you know, yeah. to be able to do that. I'm actually thinking about uh, asking Colin Munn his uh, rate, like wow. just to give you an idea. Yeah, very nice. cool. Yeah, I remember right. your I remember your post when um you were you were talking about that and people like already started sort of like pitching you in, in the comments. You're like, guys, whoa, calm down. Didn't you uh, see that it was right. a limited number of uh characters right. that are gonna be in here? Yeah, it worked the exact opposite. My intention was <laughs> to let people know, hey, friends, I'm still your friend if you're not in the next book, is basically what I was trying to say. Yeah. Just, just so you know. And everyone's like, I'm gonna get my pitch in now to make you sign up. That's not what I meant. That's not what I, that's not what I said. In uh, all the time, I get messages privately. Hey, man, uh, just when are you accepting those pitches? And I won't even look at a pitch. I won't even read a pitch until Cthulhu Invades Wonderland is funded. Because I'm putting the car ahead the horse. Because eventually, one of these Kickstarters are going to fail. It's just inevitable, you know, um, not because I don't think I'm great or anything like that. Like, even like uh, Tyler, we saw Tyler struggle with, what was it? Uh, with the Wailing Blades trade, remember? Yes. It was like the last week before it funded. 
and again, you know, these eventually it's not going to be like that. And I think the economy, there's a lot of outside factors in these things. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the content. It could be just outside factors. And I'm always going to prepare for that on these big projects. I don't want to get people invested and then they're heartbroken if for some reason we don't fund. Do sure. I believe we'll fund? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, Cthulhu Vids Wonderland is going to blow Cthulhu Vids Oz out of the water. And I know that because I've been to conventions and people will come up for Cthulhu Vids Wonderland. And then when I pitch them the full book Oz, they're like, eh, I want this little, small, little one shot. Like, cause I have a preview that's printed. Yeah. They want that instead. So I know it's, it has a, I think Wonderland resonates more. And if you think about it, Wonderland has successful games, successful cartoons, successful movies, like it, everything it does has success versus Oz, where mm-hmm. it has the first movie, then maybe The Wiz, right? Yeah. And Wicked. Oh, Laura, you're, you're, you're Wicked. Wicked uh, Wicked's definitely good. Yeah. Well, this, is, this has been great. Um, I think we've, we've covered a lot of stuff here, but uh, I'm going to check in with Noah to see if he has any, uh, any final thoughts, any final questions, uh, either on Granite State or the, the state of uh, Orange Cone Productions in general. No, no final questions. Just thanks as always. Uh, always learn something. Always get some new inspiration every time you come on, Travis. So thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Back my Substack. I mean, uh, yeah, it was great. To <laughs> I'm glad you had me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Substack to be good. Yeah. <laughs> substack good. Spend yeah. money. Paid premium access. <laughs> well, well, so related to that, other than Substack, um, where can people go? Um, you know, obviously Substack, but uh, you know, where can people follow you uh online you know, to stay up to date? You know, normally I give all my stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I feel so strongly about this book, I only want to give you Grand State Book. If you back that book, even at the $3 level, you will find me because I'll, I'll share all my stuff, you know, I'll invite you to my email list of Substacks and all that. But like, Very cool. really, like, I know that that's, you know, I can show you my Facebook and Twitter. I'm, I'm easy to find if you search my name, Travis Gibb, I'm, I'm everywhere. But this book is so uh, something special and I really don't want anybody to mess up. Like, nice. Really, well, really. well, we're going to put the, a link to the, uh, the Kickstarter page in the show notes. Um, for anybody listening, you know, pull up their pod pod player, scroll down, hit that, that Kickstarter link and go. And eventually one day you have to let me know, um, the, the, the story behind your, your Instagram and and Twitter handle. You, you tease that every time and I'm not going to say what it is, but you always go someday. The story will come out to, to your Instagram (laughs) and and Twitter handle. Well, if you back my Substack, uh, There's four options. One of those options has that name and that character is in one of those four books. Very cool. It all, which, it all ties together. Even, which even makes it more complicated, right? Because you're like, <laughs> all right, so now I got four stories. None no, of them no, have that name in like the title or in the thing. So like which one of them? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So at the time of this recording, this is uh January um, 24th. Um, so you are running until the 17th of February. Is that correct? Uh, let's see. Yep. Okay, cool. So, you know, there's still what, uh, roughly two weeks or so, a little bit over two weeks to, to back this? Uh, it's three weeks. Yeah, 23 days to go. Right? 23 days. At, at this time, uh, when you, when you, you'll do it next week, right? 
Uh, no, it's actually probably come out uh, tomorrow on the 25th. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you'll, you'll, you'll have at least 20 days, even if you, regardless of what happens. Awesome. Well, uh, Travis, it's always great to have you on. Um, as Noah says, we, we learn a lot and, and we get inspired along along the way. So, um, you know, I think we probably tentatively have uh, a penciled in podcast here um, with, with the Wonderland stuff. But, you know, anything else you know, you have a free uh, invite to come back and, and, and talk to us. No, I, yeah, I love being on this podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And I don't come every time, not because I, I don't want to be, it. just I want you guys to, I want to be able to tell new production stories, right? Oh. That were, you know, expired, you know. Uh, when I do Voodoo, you know, you heard it here, here. I, I have a new artist for Voodoo. Luke Stone is not the artist anymore. So sure. we talk about that. And we'll yeah. go into the, why he's no longer the artist and what that looks like and how that, plays out and what it's like to, to switch midstream because i really feel that your podcast is great at giving people the education you know so let's let's continue to do that thanks Thank we, pre- we we really appreciate it um so while we're doing um plugs for for kickstarter here at the end i'm going to uh to do a plug for moss fail this is a book that uh noah and i will be working on um, that's going to launch February 1st of 2022. Um, we'll put a link to the pre-launch uh, Kickstarter page in the show notes. Um, if you'd like to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter, and that is Construct Com Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Um, just once again, thanks for listening. Everybody, please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>